Hi, and welcome to Ulf Presents The Passionate Producers. Episode 1, Alex Jacoby. Today I'm talking to German casting producer, sound engineer extraordinaire, and CEO of the German production and voice casting company, Sprecher Sprecher, and the audiovisual communication company, Audiovisual Intelligence, Alex Jacoby. Whew, that was a mouthful. I was intrigued when you mentioned that producing emotions in productions that clients want a certain end result and they think that yeah. this is what's going to end up here. Is that, is that, do I understand that right? It's very often that clients describe uh, a desired outcome with an assumed action. So let's say, for example, let's say we do music, okay? Uh -huh. Let's say you have a TV commercial and client says, oh man, I have this great commercial, you have this great script, And I think a Coldplay track would be the perfect, amazing mm -hmm. track for this commercial. Mm -hmm. and, and then I try to describe to them, okay, just because you like Coldplay does not matter your target audience likes Coldplay. So what happens, and this is a perfect example for this assumed action. Uh -huh. So I try to talk to people and say, okay, what's the emotion you want your target audience to feel? Right. And, and, and this is the same you can do with voiceovers. Sure, so, because sure. usually people are not really, really aware how to coach somebody because they don't even have the vocabulary which is needed to uh, tell sure. probably you as a voiceover talent how to pronounce. So they say, can right. you make it more dynamic? But they mean make it louder. Right. <laughs> make right. it less dynamic, actually. We are the translators between the voice talents and the creatives. I'm very often talking to clients and having very deep conversations about how how perception works. So I'm very interested in in neurolinguistics. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 interested in neuroscience. I'm working with deep learning and stuff like that to to learn how perception works. And I think you're right. In many times, we don't necessarily know first of all why we like what we like. We can't put our finger yeah. on it. We think that this kind of music will make us feel happy or those kind of tones will make us feel sad. But that's yeah. not always true. It's that we have objective data how their consumers feel. So we we are running a huge market research platform where we can actually gather consumer data and, and present them data how the consumer feels. And mm -hmm. we don't tell them, man, uh, your idea is completely crap. We tell them, okay, you want Coldplay because you think that Coldplay gives this feeling mm -hmm. and I have objective data which I can show to you that your desired target audience feels different mm -hmm. and and this this is how we do it so um, we we leave the decision completely up to the customer but um, I mean at, at least they are paying us money to 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 uh, consult them right so well, you I, I was just saying I'm just fitting into that I read on your website you were talking about the algorithm is that what you're referring yeah. to yeah you have a yeah, huge that's the database algorithm. you have lots of information to base your decisions on so they can't say well we know better and you say no we have this yeah. massive material and you're wrong and that makes sense you start and, using the the power of uh, computation And, and you can even use it for voices. So we can absolutely match a voice with a script using techniques like that. Wow. So, so, so we know 
exactly how the voices are received by target audiences. Hmm. And, and we can even match voices to, to, to emotions and feelings and exactly what we do. The interesting thing is we're running this huge uh, voiceover platform in Germany, but we really, really stopped presenting voiceover talents to clients because it's, it's very interesting. Usually people come and think that in persons and in actors and, and what happens, they want somebody probably, you know, in Germany, so this whole synchronization thing, a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. book the voice of Bruce Willis sure. because, uh, and sure. he has, he has a German voice, which right. is really famous here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they want to book him because you want to book this person because you think it's cool to have Bruce Willis in, in your script. And we tell the people, man, that's probably not the voice and the association you want to have. So we can even use this data. And what we do is that we only think in, in voice samples. So we are not proposing a human or a person to a client, but we propose a way of speaking and a way of voice acting. And we have this way of voice acting in our voice samples, which we categorize with algorithms so that we can match perfectly the brief of the client with the voice. And this usually results in that we have a very, very, very small percentage of unhappy clients with voices. So it never happens with us that clients book a voiceover and in the end they don't like it because they thought it's different. Your tags are so much more different than most other voice casting. You have the better tone and tenor. You use the algorithm to get that information. Um, Now, as a voiceover person, it frustrates me sometimes when I do a read an audition and they don't like it, so they pick someone else. When I'm saying, I can do a different read, I can do this thing in 60 different ways, like any human being. Do you take that into consideration as well? Absolutely. This is this is probably the main reason we started this approach, because, you know, it's really sometimes ridiculous, like clients come, oh, I have this um, this voice. And he only speaks car ads. Do you think he can do, I don't know, a chocolate bar? <laughs> and I think, hey, man, what the heck are you talking about? And it's so hard to sell this to a client that we have the problem that the clients cannot make the abstracted, you know? Mm-hmm. We tell the client, take this voice over. And even though he's only having car commercials, sure, he can do that chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. But that client says, oh, it's too car-like. So I assume you do some... Pretty heavy marketing. We do some pretty heavy marketing, absolutely. It's a competitive market. Mm-hmm. Um, we're one of the bigger players in the market. Right. And it's a market where we excel with quality. So mm-hmm. we have extremely happy clients. We measure that, how happy our clients are. And the voice recording is probably the smallest part of our service because we help the clients with nearly anything. If they need IVR systems, Mm-hmm. where we even help the coders get their code right to, to get the grammar. So, for, for example, an, an interesting thing where we had this IVR thing and then we get the job, okay, now do it in Chinese. <laughs> and these IVR things are usually used scripts which just tackle together little voice samples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they say, I don't know if you've ever done a job like that, where please say the numbers from 1 to 1,000. Oh, wow. you know, I, I did that. one... And what happens then is that you find out, oh, my God, in Chinese, they don't count to 1,000. They count to 100 and to 10,000. And so you you translate the scripts, you uh, get the uh, data from the programmers, and you think, oh, my God, this does not work. 
a lot of what we do is that we consult in how language works. So hmm. we help people get that right. We have linguists working with us. We have programmers working with us. We have even uh, artificial intelligence specialists in our company. We have uh, programmers in our country which work all around the world. And so I am glad you're educating people because I recently lost a job because they wanted the Swedish to match exactly in length to the English. And I said, I can't. There's no way I can't. I might be within five, ten seconds if I'm good. <laughs> and I lost it. But it was like, you just don't understand how language works. And they wanted something yeah. cheap, obviously. So it's, education is a good thing. Probably I say we don't do marketing, we do education. But if the client wants that, we are pretty confident in what we do. We tell the client, okay, if you need to match in Swedish what you have in English, you have two options. We pitch them up. <laughs> it sounds like crap. Or... <laughs> yes. You change the copy. We are very strong in market research, so we usually, we not do that very often do the final commercial. Most of the time we work with the creatives together and help them find the right voice, find them the right message, and uh, take the scripts up to market research. And mm. we do this in, uh, in 40 different languages. So, And the wow. interesting thing is that we work with them and say, okay, let's get this working in Brazil and let's get this working in here and in here. And, and then we try to, 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 to develop a concept with them together. So they develop, we consult, so we do what they say, but we help them get their ideas to audio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, so this is a huge part of what we're doing. And sure, I mean, we're doing e-learnings, we're doing uh, corporate movies. I mean, corporate movies are getting less and less mm -hmm. because I, th I think the overall market for corporate movies is over. Right, so corporate right. movies are probably not the most fancy way to communicate in 2017. Right. Now, this is just as, as a voice actor, I have found the last two years, the jobs have dramatically gone down. Is that something you have noticed in Germany? Is that something? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. And is that um, just a general global thing? Yeah. People are just scaling down on what they No, No, people are not scaling down, but the world is changing too. If you take a look at what YouTube did to TV, hmm. The same thing happens today, and which is communication-wise actually a good thing, is people tend more and more to work on stuff like influencer marketing, for example, where somebody in a company or a YouTuber at home who has an audience is doing adverts, and less and less professional produced adverts right. are being run, and more and more it's like a peer-to-peer -peer marketing which is happening. Right. This right. is one thing which hits the voiceover market because it's less and less voiceovers are used. And I predict that it will get hyper worse. So we haven't seen uh, the drop yet. Right. And we even, uh, uh, to, to be honest, I mean, you mentioned we're in a very competitive market and actually we're a very competitive company, but we are not frightened of the other voice producers and the other companies producing voiceovers because uh, it's very easy for us in our thought that we, I mean, there's a market and we know how to operate that market. You mm -hmm. know what I'm afraid, I'm not afraid of, but robo voices and mm -hmm. text to speech mm -hmm. will take up 50% of all voiceover jobs in five years. This is wow. my prediction. Wow. You're scaring Indeed. me here, Alex. You're scaring me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but you know, for us and we, we are looking for ways to, to deal with it because this is what's going to happen. Right. Do you think there is a point where this reverses? 
Actually, I think no. I, I think it will not revert mm. because the overall perception of what is a professional voice mm. is changing dramatically. Mm. Uh, if you see uh, the generation of the now 15 to 20 year olds, they don't watch television. They watch YouTube right. and they watch user generated content on YouTube. They don't watch fancy TV shows with uh, expensive trailers and great voices. You know what they do? They watch videos of peers who try out products on their webcam. Right, and right. To me, this is, although it's hurting our business, it's a very good situation for advertising because advertising is getting a lot more respectful to the consumer with that. And sure, I don't like it for, for, for business reasons, but you and we all cannot change how society changes. So we better live with it and Adapt. find out. Mm -hmm. And especially in film producing, you know, people don't care about picture quality. But you know what you always need? You need a good story. No matter right. if you yeah. have a cheap cam, a good cam, if you have money or not. If your story sucks, your film sucks. And if your story is good, your film will be good no matter if your lighting is fine. That's very true. And, you know, we're transforming to a company which... I mean, we have so much insight about with all the 10,000s of jobs we did to what works and what does not work. So mm. our focus shifts, you know, it's, it's not our business model to have the phone number of a voice talent somebody else does not have. This right. is not a sustainable business model. Right. We exactly know how to match which voice with a story and, and use the storytelling approach. Right. And I, I, I would say as to all voiceover talents, this is a huge opportunity because you all work for 10, 20 years with bringing stories to life. Mm. So you probably know a thing or two about storytelling too. Mm -hmm. So, and if you manage to make this transition and to understand that you're not selling a voice, but bringing a story to life, you will find a way to work in this new uh, world mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. there, the need for good storytellers was never, never, ever so huge like it is now. Right, right. And if you're the one who's telling the story, chances are huge you're the one who is uh, narrating it right and, and this is my uh, my approach where i think the world is going very interesting very interesting and the other thing is that it's a really 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 saturated market right. there are too many people claiming to be voice talents right and the budgets are getting smaller and smaller so there is a need to rethink the whole industry but the interesting thing is there's not one rule where I can say, okay, the cheapest does always mm -hmm. win because it is not like that. Right. But right. the most expensive also does not always win. Right. There are clients who really have to look after pricing. Mm -hmm. And one thing to think about that is, sure, it's not very nice to see prices going down. But on the other hand, you see clients booking voiceovers who would never, ever have done it before. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing which really good voice talents have, and especially when they have uh, such a strong acting background like you have, is that you can direct them in so small percentages. You can, you can say, okay, we need it a little smaller. We need it a little more natural. We need it a little more soft, hard selling, whatever, sad, uh, funny. And with a really, really good voice talent, you can work in, in nuances and get them, like, like I said, bam, do it like that, do it like that, do it like that. And an untrained voice talent for 50 bucks is more, probably more like a one-trick pony. Right. So just because you have a voice does not mean you're a voice talent. Right. 
And the even same is for, for, for coaching and producers. Mm -hmm. So these are jobs you have to learn. I really, really, really think it's a very bad idea to finish a movie, to finish a commercial, and then think about music and voices. Because let's first talk about music. Music works in rhythm and bars and harmonic structures. And if you have a breakpoint where you want to show your amazing product, and you need that breakpoint on uh, second 15, 12 frames, and the music cannot deliver that, there is no way in the world I can make the music work like that because I have to break the mm -hmm. rhythm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I break the rhythm, it sounds like shh, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does not work. Right. So, and, and the same thing is, People make this huge VFX scenes and then they have a sentence like one and then the whole clip, there's nothing happening. Right, so right. it's a huge mistake to think of audio as the last thing. What we do when we work on concepts with clients is that we, we usually have very good working relationships with the film companies. And before they start animating and before they start cutting, we give them a voiceover and we try to talk about music and voice first before the cut is ready. And then we have an engineer working together with an editor. Before I started podcasting, people always think, okay, man, you're doing podcasts because you know how to operate a recording studio. <laughs> and you know why I'm podcasting? Because talking is the way I can communicate my ideas best. I'm, I'm a lot better in talking than in writing. Right. Nice talking to someone who is passionate about their work and you definitely are Ab passionate absolutely absolutely i love what i'm doing the passionate producers podcast is released twice a month for your enjoyment and show notes are found at alfvo.com come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite rss feed or itunes you can also follow me on twitter at alfvo you will find all the links in the show notes. Ah.